now, listen to the moon child. That's Morning Sunrise by Weldon Irvine. It's Easter Sunday, 12 o'clock on a nice day, springtime. The days are longer, the nights are shorter. It's gonna get even longer when the when it hits summertime. And you know, whether you celebrate Easter, I hope you're spending this time, good time with your families. Or if you don't spend Easter, I hope you're just enjoying this day all together. If you do, um, if you're going out to eat with your families, please don't go to my restaurant. I got work in two hours and 30 minutes. Um, I hope that it's not that busy today. <laughs> but otherwise, the title of this episode is Not Panicking. All right. Just trying to come at things with full optimism and good vibes because the Sacramento Kings are on a three game losing streak. But. Like I said, I'm not panicking. Um, the other things I want to get into is some other things around the NBA. The Bucks re-signing Drew Holiday. Rondo makes his debut in a couple of minutes. Embiid is back. The Jazz is, is going. Um, and the Hornets, you know, shout out to the Hornets. I'll get into that. Also talk about the opening week for baseball. Baseball has started three days ago. I think it was on Thursday, I believe, where it was opening day. I'm a sad A's fan. Um, and talk about, I'm going to talk about my favorites and my sleeper as a favorite. So, getting into the Sacramento Kings. So, you know, as you know, it's been a roller coaster year. You know, we go on these nice winning streaks and then we start going on these losing streaks. Now the fans are freaking out um, because we're on a three-game losing streak after we just went on a five-game winning streak. And it's like, oh, is it happening again? Are we gonna go on this losing streak again you know now I'm not gonna go that direction because I think this time is completely different we do have a different roster and you know if I'm dissecting these last three games I'm only upset about one of them and that's the game versus the Lakers uh, I'm not upset about that loss versus the Spurs because we went one and one and that's all I asked from that um, two game series with them go at least one and one with them and then we lost to the Bucks last night and in a game where it could have gone either way and I'm totally fine with losing games that can go either way. So I believe that we can bounce back. And the way we can bounce back is by winning the next two for sure. There's no ifs, ands, and buts. We have to win these next two because of the opponents that we are playing against. We are playing against the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Detroit Pistons. They are the worst teams in their respective conferences. The Timberwolves are the worst team in the West. The Pistons are the worst team in the East. Now, if we lose those games, if we lose both of them, I'm going to be losing and popping blood vessels all over the place. and Or even just go one-on-one. I'm going to be upset. We have no excuse, no room, no loot. We cannot lose those games. We have to take care of Mrs. those two games and get started on a, you know a nice little four-game stretch where we can go two out of four for sure. Because after with Minnesota and Detroit, we have Utah, and we're not favorites for that one. We have New Orleans. I like our chances versus New Orleans. You know, Fox can give them a nice little 40-piece. Then we got Washington. They're the worst defense in the league behind us now. Um, and then we also got the Suns. And I like our chances versus the Suns because we do match up with them well. Now, we are still in this. 
okay? We are still in this. We are still one game behind the Warriors, and I think we are in a better position mentally, it looks like, and body language than we are the Warriors. Steph Curry's dealing with injuries. Draymond's not motivated. Klay Thompson's still not there. They're still not, you know, they're, they're not playing good basketball right now, the Golden State Warriors. So, And I don't even think if they don't want that play-in spot, the Sacramento Kings should capitalize and take it because whether it's a play-in, whether you want to call it weak or whatever, I think this is valuable experience. I think that bubble experience in the play-in was a good experience for Fox as well. We have a young team. We're trying to build a winning culture. All these, you know, play-in, it doesn't matter. Competitive playoff basketball, that's all I want for this team. And we can, you know, build from it. And we can kind of showcase ourselves for other free agents that come want to play with us. Because I'm sure there's going to be some guys that wants to come play with Fox, you know. Carl Anthony Towns, he don't look happy in Minnesota. He might, you know, need a new start somewhere. Maybe throw in a trade, you know, send Bagley and Buddy, two first-rounders. And give us Cat, you know, pair up Fox and Cat. That would be a nasty d combo. Pick and fade where Cat can roll out to the three-point line and Fox can have the whole paint to himself. Also, Cat can still give you 30 any time of the day. Defensively, there, you know, there's some questions about that. But offensively, that would be, oof, that would be a problem. And I don't think Cat's going to be that terrible defensively because of his length. Um, and he also hasn't been able to play a chance, play winning basketball in a while. He's been to the playoffs one time, hasn't been back. The Timberwolves is actually, sadly, a worse organization than the Kings. So hopefully he can come and maybe build something special. I don't know. But we only get rewards like that if we build a winning culture and showcase ourselves for, you know, big-time free agents or stars to want to come to us as a destination for them to play. So I truly believe that we're still in this. Um, the Grizzlies play the 76ers today. I forget who New Orleans plays. Um, and the Warriors play the Hawks. So if they lose, you know, it's no biggie. And then we play against Minnesota tomorrow. And then we have a three-day rest. And we play Detroit at home. We get to see Corey Joseph again. Now, are we going to do a tribute video for Corey Joseph? Does he deserve it? I don't really care. You know, maybe you can do a tribute video of him just pounding and dribbling the air out the ball, you know what I'm saying? Um, him smiling or whatever. Um, shout out to Corey Joseph, man. You know, I feel like he was a good veteran for Tyrese and um, De'Aaron Fox. But on the court, my goodness, it was pretty hard to watch some nights. But still respect to a nice vet and hopefully do his thing with Detroit. But those are must-win games, as I repeat myself. We have to win those games versus Minnesota and Detroit. We cannot afford to lose those games. Not at all. Uh, maybe if it's a good game, but we have no excuse, no room to lose those games. We have to take care of business. Now, last night when we lost to the Bucks, um, I wasn't really mad. You know, Buddy Heald, of course, was guarding Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday did his thing, and he got an and one that put him up. You know, he did his thing in the clutch. Buddy Hill just stresses me out defensively. But there was a bright spot in Terrence Davis. Terrence Davis had 27 points last night off the bench. He had seven threes out of 10 attempts, was 10 for 14 from the field. He was showing something very special, and we only got him for a second rounder. And also, what's what's crazy is that I'm thinking like he's a two and a three, but he actually originally came out as a two and a one. And I was watching him. He has some ball handling he, he has some secondary, tritary playmaking abilities to his game. 
And also, he, like I said, he plays competitive defense. So it was really nice to see a piece like that really show out. And it's crazy how we got a steal like that in Terrence Davis. And we're going to see how he builds with us in the future. I think even though I don't know if they're going to let it happen or, you know, if it's going affect his confidence, I would much rather start Terrence Davis at the three than Buddy Hield at the three because of defensive reasons. Buddy and, uh, I mean, Tyrese and Fox is always going to have the ball. But if Buddy can come off the bench like we was last year when we were pushing for that play-in before, you know, the coronavirus happened, if Buddy, I would, wouldn't mind Buddy as a six-man. I, I constantly say this. He can just come off the bench and just straight score and help us like that. And then maybe, you know, when it comes down to the crunch time, then he'll come in. But um, defensively, he's just a mismatch, man. He, if he's not making shots, he does not do hold up his end on the defensive side. And it, it, it's hard to watch. But his shooting, like, I understand how elite his shooting is. But what Terrence Davis was showing the other day, if, you know, if he's shooting like that and he's playing defense, it's like, you know, how do I not go with him? How do I, how would I not want to start him over Buddy Hill? But it was really exciting to see what Terrence Davis was able to display on the floor last night. Um, so that's, that's some exciting times. Like I said, I'm excited about this roster moving forward now that we got DeLon Wright, Terrence Davis, Harkless coming off the bench. It's all that can play defense way better than what we had before. And then also, we signed Damian Jones. 6'11", 7'4", wingspan, finally got some size. All we needed to do is run the floor and just protect the rim. And I think he was doing that decently uh, on those 10-day contracts for the Lakers. The Lakers obviously ended up with Drummond, so that's why they kept him on those 10 days. But um, maybe this can be a good spot for him in Sacramento. Whiteside has been injured. Chris Silva is also a 6'9 forward. I'm tired of 6'10 and under centers for us. We need some size. So Damian Jones should be able to provide us for the, the size that we desperately need. Um, and he should be able to come off the bench and probably help out Holmes. Holmes, on the other hand, um, had a bad game the other day. It's just his size and... People are really tearing us up on the pick and roll. And when he's dropping, I mean, when he's playing drop coverage, these guys are just shooting right over him. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what's going on, but he plays with high energy. I just wish we could utilize him as a six man. It's going to be interesting to still see what we do with him in free agency. Now, last thing about the Kings is, you know, my like I said, the pressure is on this guy because Monty McNair is doing his job in the front office. We got some talented pieces. Pressures on Luke Walton. Now, X's and O's, um, I think he's fine offensively. Offensively, I think, like I said, I feel like we could score with anybody. Um, with the three-guard lineup we got, we definitely, you know, the way he utilizes him. Fox has only been getting better um, throughout his career. He hasn't been holding Fox down. He hasn't been holding Rashawn Holmes down. Rashawn Holmes having best season of his career offensively. Tyrese is a rookie who's came in, made his own. He's succeeding. Um, so those three guys, you know, they're succeeding. And Harrison Barnes is having a career year in this Luke Walton offense. So X's and O's, he's fine. The only thing I question Luke Walton, but then I'm not going to put full blame on him because also I don't have that type of information. But it's also a 50-50 because I'm not going to just blame this particular subject all on the coach. And that's energy. Now, I can question if he's motivating them enough, you know, if he's pushing them enough, or do they want to play for him like that? 
But also, it goes to the players like that needs to bring energy. At the end of the day, you can't teach or coach energy all the time. That's something that's within him. And, you know, you see certain players on our – I see certain players on our team bring that energy. I see the passion that Tyrese plays with. I see the energy that um, that Rashawn Holmes plays with. I see the competitiveness that, um, that, that Terrence Davis comes with. I see Fox just be the straight killer that he is. Now, the guys that I question with energy is Buddy Hill. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what, you know, it's like, it's, I don't understand. I, I question his energy. Um, and some of the other guys at the, well, at the time, well, I mean, it, it, it can be a, you know, sometimes there's just some, there's just some possessions where our energy is just low. You know what I'm saying? Now, like I said, that's a 50-50. So the only thing I really question Luke Walton about is, you know, the mental aspect of the game, how he's approaching the team. But I don't have no information on that, um, unfortunately. But if I do want to compare him as a coach to the other coaches, um, like I like I said last year, we had no reason of being in a play-in tournament last year. And Luke Walton made that change of having Buddy come off the bench and starting Bogdanovich, and we started winning games. And he made a bold move, you know what I'm saying? We were paying Buddy. We just got done signing Buddy, uh, making him – and. You, you know, he made a bold decision to make him the sixth man to help the team. And if you look at the Warriors, the Warriors have more talent. They have an all-star, I mean, a superstar. They have Draymond, a defensive player of the year. And they have Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins. You know, they're more, they definitely have more talent than the Kings, but they're in the same position. Um, the Pelicans also have more talent than, talent than the Kings. They're in the same position. So the Grizzlies... The Grizz, there we're only a game or two behind the Grizzlies, so I wouldn't, I can't necessarily just say, oh, Luke is the worst coach, you know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not really living, I'm not really going by that narrative right now because, you know, we're closer to, to the playoffs that we have been in in a, in a while, and so you know he can either bring us down, it's not over yet, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna really think say he's a terrible coach. And I truly, truly believe that situation that he was in L.A. Um, wasn't a good situation. And also those players weren't as good as you think they are. Lonzo has not got better since without, you know, past the Luke Walton era. Kuzma has kind of, his, he looked like his he peaked his rookie year, and that was with Luke Walton. And I already said he wasn't going to be able to coach somebody in the same draft class as him. And that person that was in the same draft class as him was LeBron James. LeBron James ain't got no respect for Luke Walton. So, I'm not going... Luke Walton's definitely not the gorgeous coach in the league. I don't even think he's top five worst coaches in the league. I can look at the Pacers coach. Um, shoot, look at Nick Nurse right now. Look at Jeff, Look at Steve Van Gundy. Look at Steve Kerr right now. So, these guys have more talent on their roster. Even um, Brad Stevens can be questioned right now. So... A lot of these guys have more talent on their rosters, and we're able to win games in the West. So, I'm not holding, I'm not blame, doing the blame Luke Walton thing yet. All right? So, that's what I got for the Kings. I'm not panicking. I will panic if we lose to the Timberwolves and the Detroit Pistons. I, yeah, that, that better not happen. All right? Especially when Minnesota don't have Rubio. They don't have D'Angelo Russell. They don't even have Malik Beasley right now. So, we definitely should not be losing to those two teams. Now, around the rest of the NBA, there's some, you know, there's some news that I want to catch up about. I'm going to start doing that more, talk about other teams. I know I'll be talking about the Kings a lot. Um, but there's some interesting little things that I want to kind of touch up on. 
Now today, the Bucks re-signed Drew Holiday. And people are like, oh, it's overpay. Now, I think this is a very good move. Move. Now, Milwaukee's a small market, okay? They need to take what they can get. They also traded a lot of picks for Drew Holiday. But now they have Drew Holiday. They signed him a four-year, $160 million. Now they have Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis locked up for like the next two or three years for sure. You know what I'm saying? And that's huge for them. That's huge for Milwaukee. Now they have to worry about, you know, nothing else. But they're like, and also, who else are they going to sign, though? Really? I can't think of a better two-way point guard than Drew Holiday. I mean, Darren Fox is not on that level defensively. Chris Paul is not on that level defensively. Um, Steph Curry, Dame, Kyrie, not on that level defensively. Trey Young, psh, don't even get me started on him defensively. Um, Luka, no. There's nobody that's a better two-way point guard than Drew Holiday. Um, defensively, there are... Milwaukee could be a problem, and they they can build something. They have a chemistry thing going, and they can keep adding pieces around that. You know, we're gonna see what they do with Dante Divincenzo. They still have Brook Lopez. They got Bobby Portis coming off the bench. He went crazy against us last night. But them resigning Drew Holiday, it's a very good move. Also, who else are they gonna sign in free agency? You guys gotta think about. Um, a lot of people resigned and extended their contracts. You know, when you think of free agency, the only people you're going to be thinking of is uh, Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, um, shit, Andre Drummond. Not, it's not really, those are really like the best one. Those are like the top three guys like Rashawn Holmes is going to be able to get a contract. Dom DiVincenzo is a restricted free agent. John Collins is a restricted free agent. But, um, you know, there's not too many options in the free agent, so... Before you go and say the whole overpay thing, you got to kind of understand the situation. They're a small market. And Drew Holiday is a very good player. He, he's going to be a very valuable, he's a very valuable point guard to have on your team. He could shut down somebody. Um, he shut down, he, he's the reason why Damian Lillard changed his whole game, you know, respectfully. Um, Damian Lillard had to extend his range to logo Lillard, like, on a consistent basis because of that playoff series when they got swept as a three seed by New Orleans because of the defensive presence of Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis. And you kind of have that same defensive presence with Drew Holiday and Giannis. So it's a good move by the Bucks. They're able to keep building. They're able to keep a team and keep, and you know, have, and keep a supporting cast for Giannis. So that's very good for the Bucks. Now, also, Rondo makes his debut. And the game had just started. I'm going to go up there and watch it a little bit before I get ready for work. Rondo makes his debut with the Clippers. Seen a little interview from him. Looks motivated. He like he's ready for the challenge to try to bring a, a title to the Los Angeles Clippers, um, where it's, he understands it's a title or bust type situation, and it's gonna be exciting to see how my favorite point guard of all time tries to help Kawhi, my favorite player in the NBA. Um, Fox is starting to rank up to my favorite player in the NBA, actually. But um, as far as my favorite player, superstar Kawhi is my favorite player, so I like that. To see Rondo and Kawhi play with each other, that's going to be, I feel like it's going to be a good, you know, a nice mesh. Rondo's going to make sure Kawhi gets his spots. And he's just, he's just such an intelligent player. The way he's able to be a floor general is just, it's amazing to watch, especially when it comes to playoffs. So we're going to see a Rondo debut. They must take care of business because the Lakers do not have Drummond. They do not have Anthony Davis. And they also do not have 
the Lakers. So the pressure's on the Clippers. The Lakers can kind of play loose because, you know, they're not really expected to win this game. You know, you might see. We'll see how Kuzma and them pop off. Also, Embiid is back. He came back on minutes restriction. Played 29 minutes. Still had like 24 and 10. Plus 20 on plus minus. Um, so he's back, you know. Um, we'll see how a week, because I wouldn't take him away from the MVP conversation. I have no problem with, with me putting him right th back there, number one over Jokic. And Philly's rolling, you know what I'm saying? With Tobias and Ben Simmons, they got their full team. Their bench is solid. And they also got, you know, young pieces as well with Tybal and Tyrese Maxey to build, on, build upon. So they got a good thing going on over there in Philly. They finally got the right coaching as well as putting them in the right position. With Doc Rivers, I was not a fan of Bruce Brown. So good thing for Philly. The Utah Jazz is rolling. Oh, my gosh. They hit like near 17 threes in the first half the other night. Yes, it was against the Magic. But the, the thing um, what stood out to me and I was looking at an interview. Because as you remember, they also didn't have Bojan Bogdanovic. But they blew a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets. And the their mentality this year is just to not let the foot off the gas. And they do not let their foot off the gas. They can hit so many threes when they want to, and they don't stop. They got the sixth man of the year in, in um, Jordan Clarkson. And this squad has been playing with each other for two to three years now. And it's Mike Conley's second year now with them. But Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert, um, Royce O'Neal, even Derek Favors, he took a year off in New Orleans, but he came back. Um, Jordan Clarkson. So they got a good thing going on. And they, like I said, they freaking dealt with the near-death experience together. So their chemistry is high. They got good coaching. And they can build, and they have the defensive player of the year, two-time defensive player of the year, might be even three times with Rudy Gobert just contesting and blocking every shot, just locking down the key. And then all the Jazz got to worry about is just running off the three-point line while they're also hitting three-point three-pointers at a very high percentage. They have a star in Donovan Mitchell where if things get crowded, they can look for him to go get a bucket. He's able to put give you 30 anytime he wants. They got a good thing going on. And shout-out to the Hornets also. They're dealing with injuries. Um, LaMelo's out for the rest of the year, and they just lost Gordon Hayward for a month, I believe. But they're still competing. They're still fourth in the East, playing good basketball, playing inspiring basketball. Got to give credit to the coach. I think it's James Borrego. That's his name. Shout out to Michael Jordan for trying to build a winning culture in Charlotte. They definitely got a good thing going on. Um, so that's that's kind of what I want to talk about around the NBA. But, yeah, man, shout out to the Hornets for real. They really making it happen. Terry Rozier is balling out for real. Um, he's one of the best players in the clutch this season. So, that's good. It's nice to see teams like that just having, you know, building themselves a winning culture. And that's what I hope for my team. You just got to respect it. Um, I think you get rewarded for building a winning culture instead of just trying to tank. Okay, so now I just want to talk about a little bit about baseball. So it's opening week. And I just, now I, you know, I gave you all my football background. You already know my basketball background. Now I played baseball for a minute, but I dropped baseball to play basketball. I think I would have probably been better at baseball than I was at basketball I do have a baseball body I played shortstop every single time um, I think I was pretty solid um, fielding wise I, I would say I was I was really so I could have really been special fielding I don't know how good of a hitter I could have been but when it comes to stealing bases and fielding I could have been really well I could have been really good but the team that I support when it comes to baseball now when I was growing up my favorite player 
was David Ortiz. I love Big Poppy. Um, that was my favorite player, but I've always been an A's fan. Um, but it's a lot of pain being an A's fan, man, especially in this past decade. Just a lot of pain. And if you, got any, if you ever get a chance, just watch the movie Moneyball. There's a reason for it. I have an A's jersey that I've been wearing for like the past 10 years, kind of, and it has no name on it. You know why? Because no player lasts more than five years with the A's. The life of being an A's fan is just broke. Um, baseball is a very unfair game, and A's have no money, and they have a cheap-ass owner, and we have a great GM who makes things work with you know the budget we have, but we can't afford nobody, so we just kind of rely on players on arbitration. Arbitration is like um, basically when you have rights to the player before they you know the seven years of you know their seven seven years of service when they start getting the big money. So a lot of the guys that we have is making like under five million right now until, you know, like Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, when that, you know, they hit their six or seven years of MLB service, then they're going to be eligible to be, you know, they're they're going to definitely be making more than 10 million a year for sure. Somebody's going to pay them. And that's why we don't, you know, since we can't pay them, we have to trade them for more prospects. And then we just get the more prospects. They come up, they become great. And we have to hopefully we win in that window. Then when their time to get paid is up, we trade them away same cycle over and over again and we just rely on getting guys with a high on base percentage you know don't matter if they get hit or walk as long as they get on base so we can get the most runs as possible but this year man this past year was painful because in the playoffs i was really into the last year's season because it was a 60 game season it was fast paced um you also have the new extra inning rule with the man starting on second base and the A's were doing really good. They were the second best team in the American League but behind the Rays. And then we lost to the fucking Astros. Oh, my God. And they just choked in the playoff series. And then, of course, we had to see the guys go. We lost out on Marcus Simeon to Toronto. And we replaced him with Elvis Andrus, which just mind boggles me because he was only going to project to make like $5 million less. But it was whatever. And then um, we also lost the best closer in the league in Liam Hendricks. That was painful. So it's painful every single time when you see these players go. I mean, just think of the names like Josh Donaldson, Yoannis Cespedes, all these guys you see come and go and then also become successful somewhere else because they're just great players, but we just simply can't afford them. But, you know, that's just the process. We're already used to it. Um, we see players come and go all the time when it comes to being an A's fan. But right now we're starting off terrible. We're 0-3, and... We play the Astros again today. Hopefully, we don't get swept 0-4. But ex the exciting part is I am going to a baseball game on Monday. It's been over a year. It's going to feel so nice to go into the Coliseum in that old rut. It's an old piece of shithole. But I love it. I love it to death. I've been going there my whole life. I'm going with my homie Miguel to when they play the Dodgers. It's going to be Frankie Montas versus Dustin May. It's going to be cool to me and my homie finna go up there after my I get off at 4. The game starts at 6.40. We finna head up there to the bay, you know, go to a chill baseball game. And, you know, it's cool now that things are opening up and stuff like that. Being able to go to a sporting event after this past year we've been dealing with, with COVID still exists. But obviously it's been regulated. We're more educated on the topic now. Obviously you can go with masks. I have no problem wearing masks at a game. Because, I mean, we're going to grocery stores. I'm working all the time with masks and you know i'm in an outdoor sporting event 
I'm just looking forward to it. I think baseball games are chill, especially the older I get. I'm going to be able to do more things, you know, recreational-wise, if you know what I'm talking about. And, yeah, I'm excited for that. Hopefully they can get a win. I hope I um, – but also seeing the Dodgers. And to the Dodgers, I, they are my for-sure favorites. Um, that starting rotation is just disgusting where you get Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, and those are two Cy Young winners. And then you – David Price is a Cy Young winner, and he's a relief pitcher now. Oh, my goodness. But then you also have Walker Buehler, who's next up. And then you got Julio Urias, who's also next up. And then they got Dustin May, who throws 98 sinkers. So, um, also with that lineup of Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, Justin Turner, Max Muncy, it is just disgusting. And they win their division every year since 2013. It's crazy to see how Magic Johnson really changed that franchise up. Um, they were definitely sick of watching the San Francisco Giants winning those three championships in four in five years. But they're definitely my favorites, but I am rooting for the Padres when it comes to that in the National League. National League is very competitive. There's a whole lot of teams that's going to be competitive. You got the Dodgers, the Mets, the Padres, the Braves, um, the the Cardinals. Um, it's going to be an interesting year. Nationals, of course. So it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, but the Padres is exciting. The Padres really are trying to make a run for that NL West because the Dodgers has been dominating. You know, you obviously have the superstar Fernando Tatis with Manny Machado. Um, you got Eric Hosmer that's balling out right now. Um, but the pitching rotation that they added, they added Blake Snell and you Darvish. Woof, it's nasty. And then they got Mike Clevenger, even though he's injured for this year, he's going to be back next year. They got some great prospects in Mackenzie Gore. They also have Chris Paddock. And then they also have Denelson Lament, who has the nastiest slider, nastiest slider in the MLB. So, shout out to the Padres. Now, when we're talking about the American League, I think the A's can do their thing, but... It's hard. I wasn't. As, I'm not as confident this year as I was last year, where we had Liam Hendricks and um, Marcus Simeon. But somebody's gonna have to step up. But the way the Astros is looking right now, they're rolling. The Angels looking like they got better. You know, they have. If Shohei Otani is healthy, they're they're gonna be a problem. Um, the only thing with the Angels is just their pitching. If their pitching is consistent, then they're a problem because they have a good offense with Mike Trout, of course, and you got Anthony Rendon. Shohei Otani, of course, David Fletcher, and the Astros, of course. You know, they, they got hitters everywhere. They lost George Springer, but, you know, they got this dude, Yodon Alvarez, and then they got Kyle Tucker as, as well balling out. They, they Even though they were cheaters, you know, don't get me started with that. But, you know, we're past that cheating scandal, and they're, they're still balling out. And they beat us in the playoffs fair and square, so I just got to show respect. But the team that I, if, the team that I would think that's going to the, fin to the World Series... Um, that I think might really surprise the world is the White Sox. You know, um, I think the White Sox really got a nasty lineup. Tim Anderson, Johan Mankanda, even though he started off bad, but the reigning AL MVP and Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, who's injured, but then they got Luis Robert. They got this rookie Mercedes who's balling out right now. They have um, Grandal, Grandal, the, the catcher, and their, their rotation isn't bad either. You got Lucas Giolito. Um, you still got... Dallas Keuchel, you got Mitch Kopchek, they got a great farm right now, so I think the White Sox might create some damage in that AL Central especially, because um, I don't think the Royals is on their level, the Indians lost a lot of pieces, um, the only th team they got to really worry about in the Central, and you know, the Tigers are rebuilding of course, you kind of got to worry about the Twins a little bit, but uh, I like the White Sox chances um, 
in that central and maybe against i like their chances against the yankees i like their chances maybe against the blue jays as well the rays is some good competition um but they gave the a's problems last year in the playoffs even though we still beat them um, but because they're a young team so but that offense is scary um and their pitching isn't isn't no slouch either. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. Um, I'm gonna end it right here. I'm going to a baseball game tomorrow. I don't know what I'm gonna record next, but yeah, we're gonna keep this thing going. We're gonna keep this podcast going. Moonchild is here to stay. We're on episode 38. We're near 40, and then we're almost near 50. Um, been doing this for almost a year now. It's nice to see. The consistency i hope that y'all can hear me getting better at least i would say i'm getting better i don't know but if you want to give me any type of criticism or anything that i can work on as far as this podcast go if you're listening this far i'm all down for feedback you know um send me a message if you get this far you know just shit let a guy know that you're listening <laughs> even if you're not listening i just do this as a hobby um and it's something i'm passionate about but other than that I'm going to leave it there, and I hope you all have a lovely day or night, and peace.